Well, the video you just saw is about Alpha, and it is coming to the church at Indian Lake on Monday, January 23rd. It's something that I'll personally be leading. And when you see that, you say, well, it's food and then a teaching and a discussion. It sounds like a small group. It sounds like a 242 group. Well, this one is designed for non-Christians. Or maybe you are a Christian, but you just are still learning about the faith. And you don't even want to go to a 242 group because everyone there seems to know what's going on. And you're just not sure about the Bible. You're not sure about some of the basics of Christianity. Alpha is a chance uh, for you to come, for you to invite your friends, to invite people who may not be comfortable on a Sunday morning setting uh, to explore Christianity. And I am so excited about doing this. I did Alpha with a small team back in the fall, and now we want to open it up and have it here on the church uh, property. And so I need some of you to help me because we're going to need greeters, we're going to need small group leaders, we're going to uh, need people to help organize food. Uh, we're going to have the food catered, so don't worry about You don't have to cook the food, but organize the food. Um, and it's going to be a great time. And if you're interested in that, you can either sign up at the communication center. That's one thing you can do. Or you can text me. Um, my cell phone number is kind of for public consumption, so it's not that big of a deal to have it. So you can just use it then and, and, and text me, say, hey, I'm interested in Alpha, or go ahead and sign up. And this week I'm going to organize the Alpha team, and we're going to move forward and just see what God can do through this. It's going to help you, and it's going to help your friends who don't know Christ. And listen, I went through the Alpha course in the fall, and I learned a lot about Jesus. I learned a lot about faith. It helped connect some dots even for me who have been a minister for 20 years. So there is great value. And I'll tell you more in this message why I think Alpha is a wonderful tool for this particular community. Well, it's 2017 and we're starting the new year. And a new year is so important. At this time, I got to do one thing too. Let, let's, let's get out our Bibles and um, and get to our phone. And if you're being baptized in water or your child is being baptized with water, if you could just go and check in right now with our water baptism team. So everybody stand for a second. That'll help. Could everybody stand? We'll stand and, and read the scripture. That'll, that'll help us. So if you're being baptized in water or will be baptized in water or your child will be baptized in water, if you could go check in with Dana. If you're interested in being baptized in water but don't know what it's about, go ahead and check in too and and talk with our baptismal team. They're back at the back doors, and we'll move from there. So let, let's read this story uh, about Jesus, starting with John chapter 21, starting with verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Th Simon Peter Thomas called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore. However, the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Men, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. We're going to stop there. Father, we pray that the teaching of your word would make us stronger this day. We commit this teaching to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So 2017 started. It's a new year. 
the calendar is very helpful to us. Because we can look at 2016 and say, oh, that was a terrible year. I'm ready for something fresh and new. Maybe you had a great year in 2016. And you're able to say, hey, let's do it again. Let's have another great one. But the, the calendar marks our life. We're able to look back and say, well, this happened in 1997. This happened in 2014. And without the organization of time, uh, we, we would not have reference points. And it's a gift to us. But here's what I want to remind you about today. As we start this new sermon at the beginning of this year, we serve a God who is timeless. We serve a God who is the Alpha and the Omega. He had no beginning and he had has no end. So God is aware of the calendar. There's times in the scripture where he will refer to a year. There's times when he will refer to a time span. But God is not limited to time like we are. This is so helpful to know because we have this timeless God who is not limited by the boundaries of time. And so it gives us somebody transcendent to worship and to rely upon. Now, goals are important. Goals are good. Goals are good because we never reach our goals, but it stretches us uh, to improve. So when you don't reach all of your New Year's resolutions, God is still the same. God is still timeless. God is still someone we can worship and we can rely on. And he is everything. So when I look into this year, for me, this is a year of simplicity. I have two goals. My two goals are to serve my family. As I have three teenagers and my oldest is 16 and I can see the time of active parenting coming to an end. I want to be available more to serve. And I want to serve you guys. I want to make sure as a faith community, we're everything God wants us to be. And I want to see you grow. I want to see you grow in the Lord. I know I can't meet everyone's expectations, but man, I I want to walk with you. I want us to, as a church family, uh, to grow in love for God and love for one another. And just to allow his presence to be a part of everything we do, not just the Sunday morning service, but every single thing that we do. I want to talk to you today about try the other side. And the subtitle for this is what happens when we're in the presence of Jesus? An encounter with Jesus gives certain things to our life. And I want you to see that through the story today. This is what I want for you more than anything is an encounter with Jesus. I hope your New Year's resolutions do come to pass, okay? I hope you make lots of money this year. I hope you lose lots of weight this year. I hope you get to go to that vacation spot that you've been wanting to go to. All of those things can be blessings of God and are good things, but I want to remind you of this. If you reach your goals, but don't include Jesus, it doesn't profit you anything as a believer in Jesus. Jesus said himself, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? What good is it for you to accomplish every goal that you have, every New Year's resolution, and not be in love with Jesus a year from now? What good is it for you to cross things off your list or put your check marks, but your heart is further away from God? This is the deception that comes with 
uh, with our our mindset of self-advancement and selfishness. Of, it's about us accomplishing, us getting things done. And if we're not careful, we lose the heart of Jesus. We lose the heart of Jesus. So here's a question that Jesus asked his disciples in verse 6. He, he asked, he asked uh, excuse me, verse 5. Men, Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? Verse 5. Men, you don't have any fish, do you? And the answer was no. Here was that these specific disciples had sent the boat out to go fishing with the goal of, a, of, of, of obtaining fish, with the goal of getting a catch. But the intended outcome had not taken place. Now, there is a connection here with reaching people outside of God's family, being fishers of men, and we'll connect that towards the end of this message. But I want you to look at this question in context to your life right now. What is it that God's called you to do that you're not being productive at? Okay? The fisher, fishermen who followed Jesus, the disciples, returned to their fishing boats. They went out to the sea, and their goal was to catch fish. There are things that God has called us to do, and we have forgotten the intended outcome. We have forgotten what God called us to do in the first place. And Jesus is here asking you this question. Have you caught any fish? Right? Have you caught any fish? Is it that this great journey called parenthood, whether you have small kids, for those of you who are parents, or, or whether adult kids, we... we Start this journey of parenting with the desire of a positive, good relationship with our children, an influential relationship with our children. Let me ask you this. When it comes to parenting, do you have any fish? Have you caught anything? When it comes to family relationships, whether it's to our parents, to our siblings, again, to our children, Ideally, God wants us to have healthy relationships, meaningful relationships with our family, uh, relationships with our family that are significant in our life. Have you caught any fish? Where, where's the productivity on that? When, when it comes to marriage, are you in this thriving relationship with your spouse or even loving relationship with your spouse or is your spouse just a roommate right now? Is your marriage producing the fruit that Jesus wants it to where you're working through problems and you're serving one another and you're loving one another so that the world can say, wow, that kind of love is the type of love Christ has for his church. That's the kind of fruit God's looking for. What about in your professional life? In your professional life, are, are you serving your company? Are you serving your industry? Are you serving your clients? Do you have that same enthusiasm you had on your first day of your job when you were so grateful for provision and so grateful for the job that you came with enthusiasm and leadership and you came to your job with your whole heart because it was a gift from God and you've been now unduly influenced by the negative water cooler talk. You're not being a leader, you're being a follower and your attitude's not right. And the Lord looks at the attitude you have towards work and he says, where's the fruit? Where are the fish? Where is the productivity? So see this in the first question here. Your first point is this. 
is being with the presence of Jesus gives us a desire for productivity. A closeness to Jesus gives us a desire to excel. This is not some type of manifestation of selfishness or self-promotion or even some of the benefits that come from success. It's, it is reflecting his character. Jesus' people should be the kind people. Jesus' people should be the hard workers. Jesus' people should be the ones who have the right attitude. Jesus' people should be the leaders. Jesus' people should be the one who choose kind, encouraging words instead of the trash gossip that goes on where we work. Jesus' people are people who show respect. And the Lord's saying today, where is the catch, right? Where's the catch? Where are the fish? You, you went out to start a marriage, to start a career. You, you went out to build your finances. You went out to do a ministry. You went out to do whatever the things God's accomplished you to do. And you're not catching any fish. The Lord says, where is the catch? So we go on to verse 6. In verse 6, this is what the Lord says. Cast the net on the right side of the boat. And that's where we get the title of today's message. Try the other side and you'll find some. So they did. And they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. This is what I see about the presence of Jesus from this story. Is with the presence of Jesus, there is fresh ideas. Fresh ideas. Jesus says... Hey, you're out there. The question is, have you caught anything? Of course, Jesus knew they hadn't caught anything. That's why he asked the question. That's what a good teacher does. A good teacher asks the questions that we're afraid to ask because we don't want the accountability. So he asked, have you caught any fish? Well, the answer was no. So he said this, try the other side. Try the other side. And this is, this is what the Lord's saying to us today. We're starting a new year. The new year helps us, right? God's timeless. He's ageless. He's going to be doing the same thing after we're dead and gone. You understand that, don't you? All right? 150 years from now, 300 years from now, if the Lord hasn't returned, even if the Lord has returned, whatever the case is, he's going to be doing his thing. He's going to be in charge. And he is timeless. He's ageless. 2017 is a help to us. It's a gift to us. It's a way to organize our time. It's a way to organize our thoughts. And the Lord is saying to many of us today, the way you've been doing it, it, you've been on the wrong side of the boat, and it's time to put the nets on the other side. It's time to change. There's a fresh perspective from the Lord. There's a fresh idea. Some of you may have been, may be struggling financially. I'm going to challenge you to do something. Are you ready for this? I have a word from the Lord. And when I say this, you're going to go, ooh. You know, like, ooh, that was deep. Like, ooh. If you're struggling financially, here's a word from the Lord. Stop spending so much money. Ooh, come on. That's deep, man. That gets deep. Whoa, man. Whoa, wow. Can't handle that. All right. I have, there's been times, I'm compensated well and stuff, so don't feel sorry for me, but there's been times that I've looked, I'm like, man, I'm running out of money. What's the deal? And I've literally 
thought about how can I stop spending so much money? Try the other side of the boat. Don't keep fishing in the wrong side. If you're in deficiency, get to the other side of the boat and get into surplus. If your marriage, I know not all of you are married, and, and when I say that, I'm, I'm conscious of that. But, but for those of you who are married, are you dating or engaged or whatever? And it just isn't going that well. All right, just, just don't feel in love. It's just not as fun. Your marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. I've got another word from the Lord. Are you ready again? How about try to spend quality time with your spouse or your significant other? Wow. Whoa, yeah, you're doing it again. Flip to the other side. Now, here's what I'm saying is the power of the Holy Spirit gives you fresh perspective. It gives you creativity. We, we get kind of obsessed with creative people and culture. We're, we, we, I, I want to pay all this money to go to a special seminar for this creative person so I can just kind of feel their creativity ooze out towards me and get into my own pores because the act of just being around someone creative is going to help me. And there may be a measure of truth to that, but we have access to the original creator the one who created everything. And when you get around the presence of God and you get around the presence of Jesus, he begins to ask you the right questions and he begins to point you to the other side and where you have had a roadblock, where you have had a dead end, where you have not had a breakthrough, he's saying, listen, go to the other side. There's another way. There's another plan. There's another perspective. There's another road. Your God is the greatest resource that you have. That's why... I, I'm calling you, I'm calling you to seek first the kingdom of God, to seek first his righteousness. Your New Year's resolutions will be nothing without God. They will crumble without God. They are not sustainable without God. You might say, I don't like this right now. I don't like this, right? This doesn't feel comfortable. This doesn't feel good. We as believers in Jesus have chosen by grace a life of dependency with the Holy Spirit. And we cannot bear the fruit the Holy Spirit wants us to have without connection to Jesus. We have to have that connection. And he's here for us. And he's saying, try the other side. I don't have to list what you're going through for you to know you need to go to the other side. Right? Don't wait for me to list it. The Holy Spirit's teaching you right now. He's telling you, you need to change. You need to change your behavior. You need to change your habits. You need to think about how to change. If you are in relationship with someone and on a consistent basis, you're in strife with that person. Think about your ways. Why is it? Some of the greatest prayers we have is to think in the presence of God. And so if you are battling with somebody and, and, and you're, you're, specifically, you're consistently uh, contentious with them, think about, God, how can you help me? He will teach you how to change your tone of voice. He will teach you how to approach them differently. He will teach you how to talk differently. If you're struggling with pornography... Think about, don't just give in and just say, well, this is just who I am. This, people struggle with this. I'm just one of those people. Think about, how can I change? 
When am I vulnerable? What are the pathways? What are the avenues? What are the things that are taking me down to that place? And think about it and then cast your net on the other side. Say, I will get accountability when I travel. I will get a filter on my computer. I will, whatever the case is, put different guards in my life. I'm going to try the other side of the boat because I want the fruit God wants me to have. This is what the Lord's saying to us today. With his presence comes fresh ideas. With his presence comes creativity. And then now we go to probably my favorite story in the Bible. It's a story that, in my opinion, gets underexposed. It starts with verse 7 of John, John chapter 21. As we continue the story, there, so they did. and They were unable to haul it in because of the fish. Therefore, the disciple, the one Jesus loved, which was John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer garment around him, for he was stripped. So even in those days, first century, guys like to take off their shirts when they worked. That's just the Bible. Some of you guys are biblical. And plunged into the sea. But since they were not far from the land, about 100 yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. And when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish You've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon and Peter got up and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though they were, there were so many, the net was not torn. Look at this line, verse 12, from our God. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Here's my last observation from the scripture. When you get the presence of God, you get the friendship with Jesus. Friendship with Jesus. Jesus died for you Conquer death, hell, and the grave because he wants to be your friend. Some of you need to understand that a true friend tells you what's wrong with you. A lot of the time we think a friendship with Jesus means that Jesus just likes everything I do. Like Jesus is enamored with us no matter what we do. But the best friends I've ever had have confronted me about destructive behavior. Are the best friends I've ever had have just told me when there was something wrong with me to keep me from being embarrassed. Have you ever seen someone go like this? Get a Kleenex? Get something out of your nose because you're about to embarrass yourself? There's food on your shirt? Get it off? My buddies, they cover me. My wife does that on a daily basis. She's even, she usually sits on this front row. She's standing in the back. She sent me notes before during church, like, fix your collar. It's flapping, right? I just want you to love my collar the way it is, even if I look dorky with it flapping in the wind, because you're my friend. Love me. That's our attitude. But a friend, a friend confronts you 
lovingly at the right time. And I want you to hear this. If you have never received the discipline of God, then you're not a friend of God. There's things in your life that God wants you to change. He wants you to take the net to the other side. It's not an issue. It's not an issue about your self-esteem. It's about his holiness and his standards and his love for you. And his love for you is demanding a change right now. And that change is going to go so good for you because Jesus is your friend. I want to ask our ushers to begin to position themselves to here in a moment we're going to have communion together. John chapter 15, verse 15 through 17, Jesus said these words. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what its master is doing. I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. This is Jesus talking. I have pointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. Our God loves us so much that he's asking us to change, try the other side of the boat. He's calling us to a new level of productivity, a new level of creativity. And here's a great thing is you don't have to feel the pressure now. Oh, I got to be productive for God. Or I have to be creative for God. No, all you have to do is be friends with God. You get around the presence of God. There's going to be fruit in your life that you've never even imagined right now. Just hear me. Hear me. Listen, the gospel is sacrificial. I'm going to tell you this. It's sacrificial. There are times you have to sacrifice for the gospel. But when you sacrifice for the gospel, there's a fruit ahead of you that you don't even know about yet. We can't anticipate all that God has for us. Any sacrifice we have to make for the gospel, it's always worth it. Anything we do, it's always worth it. Because there's great fruitfulness that comes. And this is one of the things that God's calling us to do. One of the things Alpha is, it's us trying the other side of the boat. That's, that's what Alpha is for me. I've been in the ministry for 21 years and I've tried everything to reach people for Christ. And we, we have stories and we have examples. Some of you are in this room, we've reached you, but culture is changing. And no longer do attractional events at church reach non-believers on a large scale. Attractional events at church attract other Christians. So we could get a Christian band in here, or we could have a trapeze thing come from that end to that end, or whatever the case is, and we could get people from other churches. I know that because some of you go to other churches when those events happen at other churches. So th those things have their place, and God uses them, but, but the non-believers that I'm friends with, the non-believers I'm around think that stuff is silly, think it's a waste of money, that it's pretentious, that it's just, it's just nonsense. That, that's the non-believers I know. Then I'm not into stranger witnessing either. Some of you do that, and, and, and maybe that works out for you, but I don't particularly appreciate it when someone says hello to me and then are trying to get me to be, become a, a witness after that or, or a Hana Krishna or whatever, whatever that is. I don't, I don't, uh, don't appreciate that. My generation doesn't. So evangelism, I believe, looks like um, space to ask questions. And it looks relational. And Alpha is a chance for people to come 
and to take their time to explore Christianity and to discuss and to ask questions. And then we have not a convert, but we have a friend, right? We're not just looking for a hand in the air. We're looking for a relationship with someone. We're going to walk with them. We're going to meet them at their place of separation from God. And we're going to be a friend with them and walk with them through that. So I need some of you to help me with Alpha. I need some of you to come be greeters, uh, be organizers, be small group leaders. And then some of you just need to attend Alpha yourself. Like I told you, I benefited from it when I went through it. I learned a lot of things. Hey, let's try the other side of the boat, right? What's it going to hurt, right? And I feel like the Lord has called us to do that. I'm going to ask you this year, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. And there's two things that are on my heart. I'm going to ask you to attend church more regularly church more often your kids need to see that example I'm going to tell you this sometimes your children don't feel like coming to church you need to be their leaders we need, we need, to, we need to teach our kids how to go to church and attend church sacrificially when they don't feel like going because if every time a child doesn't go to church we stay home then we're going to produce adults who don't attend church at all so I'm going to ask you to attend church as much as you can when you're not out of town or as much as you can. And, and, and I want to say this is no matter how many people are here, I'm going to bring it the best I can. Bring it the best I can. I, I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound like bragging, but it's illustrative here. I also, I teach school. And at one of the classes I was teaching, I had three students. I had a friend of mine come with me. And he, he heard me teach these three college students. Uh, we were up in Clarksville. And when, when it was done, he gave me a compliment. A lot, it meant a lot. He said, Aaron, I appreciate the fact that you bring it no matter how many people are there. That meant a lot to me, okay? But I want to tell you something, is when more of you are here, your presence changes the atmosphere of this room. It it does. I don't want you to ever think your participation in church does not affect the anointing in this room and the energy that's in this room and what God's doing. And and so I want you to come to church even when you don't feel like it. I'm just asking you to consider that as much as you can. This, This is just for the kingdom's sake, for the kingdom's sake for God doing something. I had a dream the other night and I was preaching to an atmosphere that the place was packed and they weren't here to hear me preach. That they were here for the word of the Lord. And there was an energy I felt in that dream that I feel sometimes here. I felt it this morning when there's more of us here and there's more of us here and there's more of us attending and there's a sense that the Lord work here. And this this is what I want you to consider. And, and, And also, I want you to consider attending and then I want you to consider inviting people. Invite them to Sunday morning. If they're not comfortable with Sunday morning, invite them to Alpha and come with them. And come on, let's cast that net to the other side. Amen.